Welcome to Becoming Limitless. This is the podcast for entrepreneurs who want to optimize their brain and their body with biohacking. I'm going to teach you how to eliminate brain fog and upgrade your health so you can have more productivity, energy, and growth in your business. I'm your host, Tanessa Shears. Let's jump in. Hey, welcome back to the Becoming Limitless podcast. How has your week been? It has been a very hot week here as I'm recording right now, and it is one of those weeks where there is no amount of fans in the world that will help you cool down. But luckily, I've got a great episode for you today on the podcast. I'm interviewing Rachel Ngolm, who is a friend and past client of mine. She's actually built several multi-six-figure businesses while implementing a sustainable health optimization plan that covers literally everything from eating whole food to establishing a sleep routine. She's obsessed with and like finding ways to move that really feel good and most of all like fun and you're going to hear the process that we went through together and some of the things we focused on to take her from being part of that diet culture world and getting mediocre sleep to feeling extremely well rested and focused in her daily businesses i mean she learned how to eat and work optimally with her cycle every month and develop a sleep routine that has been a complete game changer to her energy and how clear her brain feels in her business and in her life with her kids And the best thing about this conversation with Rachel is that she shares exactly what she's doing and emphasizes how simple it really can be to run wildly successful businesses as a mom of two and stay completely focused on her health. But before we get into the episode, we still have a couple spots open for my one-to-one Becoming Limitless coaching program. This is a program for entrepreneurs who are looking to optimize their brain and their body with science, wearable technology like your Fitbits and your Oura Rings, and of course, accountability so that you can feel really energized and focused and healthy in your business and your life. And one of the side effects of scaling a business for so many entrepreneurs is that we stop making that time for our health. Maybe you put your health on the back burner, maybe we gained a couple of unwanted pounds, or maybe it's you haven't worked out in a while. It becomes so normal to stay up past our bedtime over and over again, getting so, so sleep and feeling this constant nagging stress that has you zoning out at the end of the night with endless Instagram scrolling or Netflix watching. But maybe you just really want to get back into waking up feeling really good, having the energy to play with your kids and bang out a productive, sharp day in your business. So when you work with me, I oversee everything from assessing and monitoring your sleep data to helping you find the simplest way to create habits and routines that have you eating way more healthy food and carving out time for yourself and your family without your phone in your hand where you can just really relax and feel rejuvenated or refreshed at the end of a day in your business. If you are an entrepreneur and you want to take control of your health, go ahead and reach out through Instagram, like send me a message or I'll drop a link in the show notes where you can jump on a call with me to talk about working together. Bye. Without further ado, let's jump into this episode with Rachel. All right, Rachel, welcome to the Becoming Limitless podcast. I am really excited to have you on because you have a very cool story. And I think what you're going to share will be so helpful for entrepreneurs that are like, how do I fit it all? I don't, where do you find the time to work out? How do you eat well? Like, how does you, how do you make it all work? So I'm really excited to have you here. Welcome to the show. How are you doing today? Well, thank you. It's an honor. I've, you know, recommended your podcast to so many people. So now I get to be here and uh, I'm doing great. (laughs) That's awesome. Awesome. Okay. We're going to just jump right in. So to give everyone a little context, I want just to share like who you are, what your business is. Tell us a little bit about you. 
yeah, mom of two. We've lived internationally in France and Senegal, now in Orlando, Florida, married to a horse trainer. We um, are big proponents of having multiple income streams. We have business, I have an online business where I teach Pinterest marketing and um, creating more passive income streams. And then we have businesses in Africa as well and um, an equestrian business here in America. Um, so my whole thing is you know, helping people create more passive income, more freedom in their life so they can do the things that really matter. Oh, I love that. Like passive income is something I'm all about as well. Like I wish I could have like a sidebar podcast. Let episode. me help you. Let yeah, me help just, you. I got you. It's so good. It's so good. Awesome. Um, all right. So I want to kind of jump in and talk about like where you were at the start of your business. Like, okay, what was your first business and what did that look like in terms of time investment? What was going on with your health at the time? Yeah. So first business was a network marketing. I was a coach with a beach body and I was, gosh, I was 23. Uh, when I started that, um, looked like me just getting, we got married, um, that year and I was in grad school getting my master's in social work. Um, and I had just finished, um, I played volleyball in college too. So I competed at the university of Illinois and got a rib injury there. I was medically released. Um, so what it looked like was me, <laughs> going to grad school, doing all, doing all my assignments and then getting in a workout and doing my best to take care of my health. Um, using the tools that I learned from being an athlete in college and also just educating myself on nutrition and what makes me feel good and kind of finding just a groove and everything. Cause up until that point I had been told what workouts to do. Um, so now it was like, Oh, I can do what I want. Like I get to choose this now. So like, what do I want to do? What feels good? And so just kind of figuring what that was. Yeah. So was that when, when you found the beach body exactly? That's that when I found P90X. My husband oh. and I were, I was like, I wanted to get in shape for my wedding that we like, we got married at the courthouse for his visa. Cause he's from Senegal. And so we had like our actual wedding was going to be in Morocco. So I'm like, I want to get in shape for the wedding. And we were sitting on the couch and a P90X infomercial came on. And I was like, that looks hard. I want to do that. So I did P90X and I fell in love with that program. Like I was obsessed. It was so much fun. I think it's such a great program still. I know it's probably like 15 years old, but I'm like, you want to get in really good shape? Just do P90X. Like, yeah. That's so fun. I went through my beach body obsession with all their workout phase as well. Like they have some really good programs on they that. Do. They do definitely. Um, and then what, what were you doing as far as food then? Like when you started, were they talking about food yet on that? Yes. Yes. Oh my gosh. Back then, um, that was, yeah. Food in me back then was like a whole different story. Cause when I played volleyball, it was very strict nutrition wise. So like to give you context back when I was 16, 17, my high school coach, uh, my club coach put me on a diet where, you know, I could only have a protein shake after a four and a half hour practice instead of dinner. So like we were weighed in all the time. I was weighed in, not the whole team because they wanted me to lose weight. So I was weighed in all the time. I had to come in and do extra cardio. And it was a very huge emphasis that was placed on my size, losing weight. So that was kind of my thinking when at that time was like healthy food is good. I can eat as much of it as I want. Bad food is bad. I cannot eat any of it. So like I didn't eat butter for like 10 years, but fruit in my eyes was good. So I could eat like an entire watermelon and it was no problem. So like, I didn't have any context for balance or what I should be eating. Um, and then, uh, I found Tony Horton's trainer what was her name? Melissa Costello. I actually had her on, I interviewed her for something in my old business. Um, 
and she had a whole vegan program. So I did her vegan program and then I was vegan for like two years. So it was very much like extremes. And I realized my body does not do well on vegan. So I was like, nope, can't do that anymore. And now it's so funny because my husband is vegetarian or pescatarian and I'm the one that's like, give me meat. Like my body needs meat to survive. <laughs> so we kind of switched, switched roles there. Oh, that's so fun. Okay. So then that was when you were in that phase of your business, but then yep. fast forward to this iteration of your business and where it yep. is now. So what was going on then? Were you still doing beach body? Did you, what was working and what really wasn't working? I guess let's just say like right up before we started working together. Cause we started working together. What January, 2021. Yeah. Sometime in there right okay. after Christmas. Yeah. So gosh, I feel like I went through so many different iterations. Cause I feel like Beachbody is great, but it's also diet culture. So it's like, you do the ultimate reset. You do this for 21 days. You do this program, you follow the meal plan, you do it for 60 days. So it's kind of like you're on a diet, you're off a diet, you're on, it's very like extreme or not, you know? And so I had learned more about like keto and intermittent fasting. So I was doing that, you know, um, cause I figured that worked well for my body, but it was very much all or nothing for a long time uh, until I could understand, you know, balance. I think living in France actually helped a lot with that of seeing, you know, just learning how French people eat. And it's more like you enjoy your food. You actually relax, you taste it. You don't just scarf it down. You sit down at mealtime. Um, no food is really off limits. You can have butter and cheese and whatever it is that you want. It's just more like portion control and, um, understanding what works for you and your body, you know? Yeah. That's interesting. I've had call, uh, different clients from everywhere around the world. It's amazing when you really look at cultures, especially when it comes down to like, we eat at this time in the evening. I was just talking to someone yesterday and she's like, we do dinner at 10 PM. I was like, 10 PM. I've been asleep for an hour and a half. It does. I could not, that would ruin my sleep quality. My aura ring would not be happy. <laughs> yeah. But it's so fascinating. Just watching how different everything is on different places yeah. in the world, like types of foods we eat. And like, we've had this discussion before about how flour is very different outside of North America in terms Yes. of how it affects our body just because of the genetic modifications to the flower, right? Like, and Lights you found that- and all of that stuff. Yeah. yeah. Did you find a different experience when you came back to the U S on how that stuff affected your body compared to when you were living in France or living in Africa? Yeah. I found like I could live in France and eat out pretty much no problem. Like I could eat whatever I wanted. And then when I am in America, I just have to be very careful with what I eat. Cause a lot of times like, it'll just give me boo-boo tummy. So I have, you know, we have two toddlers, so boo-boo <laughs> tummy, uh, but I would just get so bloated and it doesn't feel good. So I, I just don't eat out as much. Um, and I just try to be really careful when I do. Yeah. It, I think it's about really figuring out what is working for your body specifically. Right. So absolutely. I think that's huge. Cause there's so many foods that are like healthy, but are they good for you? You know, like my husband could eat quinoa and vegetables and beans every day, which he does actually. He's so funny. Um, that works for him. And I need meat. Like I need animal protein to really feel my best. And so just really, I would say, don't listen to diet culture and what all the diets say that you should mm -hmm. do. And you just have to kind of pay attention to yourself and your own body and focus on like, what gives you energy, what takes energy away. So I pay attention. Like we have our podcast now at one o'clock. So like what I have for lunch will affect how I show up here. So if I have, you know, like a quiche and a cake, while it tastes amazing, I know I'm going to want to take a nap instead of being here high energy. So it's just a matter of like, I really kind of reframed it in my head of like, it's not a good food or bad food. It's, will this give me energy and make me feel good? Or is it going to drain energy and make me want to take a nap? 
Oh, that's, isn't that the truth? And when you really learn like how much food affects the way your brain functions, even during your business workday, like it is so eye opening. It's fascinating. Um, so the listeners probably don't know this, but the way we met is I actually pitched to be on your podcast a yeah. long, long time. I'll actually link that episode in the show notes over to uh, Rachel's podcast. But um, so we ended up starting together. And why don't you share a little bit about, I guess, where where you were right when right before we met? What was going on? And what was the reason that you were like, okay, I think optimizing how my brain works or my health in this area might benefit where I am, my business, my family life? We had just moved to Senegal and I had a baby like six months prior. So it was very like a lot of changes all at once and, um, you know, wanting to grow my business. And I'm a huge believer that you need to have a coach for the area that you want to grow and improve in. And so I'm like, I, when I did the interview with you, I'm like, I need to optimize my sleep. Teach me woman, like help me do this. Uh, like I already had a pretty decent base on like exercise and nutrition, but I'm, I always, I know that anything that you do in your life, you can always take it a step further and improve upon it. And so it's why not just go to the expert and have them help you optimize those things. So you can show up and be a better business owner, be a better mother, all those things. Yeah. I think that was one of my favorite things about working with you. You had such a strong base of already exercise. You knew how to do it. You knew what you liked, you knew what worked food. And so it was like, Oh, this is just now like level two, like that let's, yeah. let's have the fun. Let's do the biohacking stuff. Let's optimize. Um, so what was the thing you think that you learned going forward from that place that made the biggest difference in how you felt your energy, your focus? really focusing on sleep and what affects my sleep, what disturbs my sleep and how to optimize it. And so I feel like I've gotten in such a good groove. You'd be so proud when you see my aura ring. I'm like almost always eighties and nineties. Um, so some of the things of eating dinner early. So like I usually eat dinner with Gabrielle before five o'clock and then I go to bed early. So making sure my body is on a rhythm of going to bed between eight 30 and nine 15 is like my optimum time and waking up at the same time. Um, who, one of the game changers that I got the chili pad. And so, cause you know, my husband's, you know, African, so he wants to be all warm and cozy and I do not like, I, <laughs> I won't freeze me while I sleep, please. Um, so I have the chili pad on my side and he gets to be wearing a sweatshirt and sweatpants and he's good. And it does, the chili pad doesn't affect him. And so just having that keeps me cool. Um, what else? I think the biggest things are like, Oh, caffeine. Cause you talk, <laughs> you're like, <laughs> you drink too much coffee too late in the day. So I don't have caffeine after 10 o'clock. Um, so that is another big one. Also not being afraid of carbs, specifically carbs at night and also learning to, um, eat and work out with your cycle. Cause that, that's something that was like next level optimization for me of really paying attention. Cause I never had like the most fitness nutrition programs have nothing to do with cycle timing. And so when you're like, Ooh, during this part of your cycle, you can eat like this way and like work out this way. I was like, oh, that is awesome. Um, so it's just kind of like the next level optimizations of what you can do just to be a better human and function better. Yeah. I remember that consistent bedtime was something that was really like, oh my gosh, this has really changed like the amount of sleep that you were getting consistently and just finding that rhythm. But I know a lot of people that I've worked with and that I've talked to in my community find that going to bedtime 
and going to bed on time, very challenging. Is there anything that has made it easier for you to go to bed on time or any tips you would give if someone was like, I can't get to bed on time. Like I just stay up watching Netflix or whatever it might be. Have a routine. Um, but Aurorine will tell you like, it's time to get ready for bed. Um, so if you want to stay up watching Netflix, I think that's fine for me. I'm like, I make sure to end on like a funny note. So maybe I'll watch friends or something funny on YouTube. So I have something good in my subconscious brain before I go to bed. Um, I'm not perfect at this. And the reason why is because TJ now has later sport activities. And so like, not now, but he did a lot a couple months ago where he'd have baseball games until nine, nine 30, 10 o'clock at night, which would totally interrupt everything. Um, so part of it also is just learning to give yourself grace and it's never going to be perfect. Cause I'm the person who's like, I want to be per- like, do it right. Every single night. Yeah, um, I want my I'm check like, mark. <laughs> exactly. I want to win at this. Right. Um, but I'm also like, I want to be a good mom too and be there for my son and cheer him on and not stress out because I'm not, might not get perfect sleep every single night. Um, so that's one thing. <laughs> Let go of perfection. Um, yeah. Have a routine. If you can just have mm-hmm. a routine. And have like, all right, nights like lights out by this time. So like by 9.15, I know I'm like, hit my mark, no more, got to go to bed, especially if I want to wake up early and have my morning routine. Like if I stay up past 9.15, then the morning routine doesn't happen. Yeah. You have to go to bed early enough to set yourself up for success the next day. Yeah, totally. So I've actually heard that a lot, that it's, it's kids sports that are running late in the evenings. So what do you do to help yourself fall asleep when you're getting home past your ideal window? You're probably not as wound down as you'd like. Is there anything that you put into place that's different then, or does your schedule just shift? It just shifts a little bit. I don't do anything special. It's just like, oh, maybe I watch a little less YouTube. And I think that's so important. It's the mindset about it too. And like knowing that like the check marks are nice, but it doesn't have to be that perfection and it does get to work. Right. Like, yeah. and I think if it's like, I think how many times a week were you out doing that? Once or twice. Oh. So yeah. So it's not like the end of the world, you know, also yeah. <laughs> one of the things that I've found that when I do have those nights that run late, one of the things that I've implemented is actually looking at, okay, well, if, if I have a late night the evening before, I'm not going to plan a workout the next morning. And not that there's anything wrong with that. It's just that I know that I'm going to have a condensed sleep, or maybe I won't have as enough sleep or enough uh, as long as a morning routine. So I will make sure not to jam pack that morning. So like one of the scheduling everything on a Sunday, looking at, okay, where are the nights where I know I'm going to be up a little later? How can I adjust? Did you find that you made any of those type of changes as well? Yeah. Cause I, I never set an alarm. So I just let my body wake up when it needs to wake up. Um, yeah, never. I don't remember only for like an airplane, you know, don't want to miss a plane. But do you find you uh, wake up within like a half an hour window anyways? Usually. Yeah, me too. Usually, unless I stay up later and then sometimes my body is like, you need to sleep until six 30, which is pretty rare, but it does happen. Um, yeah, I would say like maybe on those, the next mornings, maybe I don't get like a brain tap meditation in, or maybe the dogs don't get their morning walk and maybe my husband walks them. Cause if I don't walk before seven, it gets too hot for me, like in Orlando. <laughs> yeah, totally. So um, so, so as far as like you improved your sleep and you said that that was one of the biggest changes you made and specifically also knowing how to improve it, what, you know, optimizes your circadian rhythm. How did the effects of better sleep show up in the rest of your life in how you focus during the day? Was there any changes to that? 
Yeah. I mean, you just show up as the best version of yourself when you're tired and exhausted. It's hard to be focused. I remember when I was interviewing you and I was like, as I was interviewing you, I remember I was feeling like brain fog and I was like, oh crap, Vanessa help. (laughs) I need you. (laughs) Um, So like, it's hard to make the impact that you're put on this planet to make if you're trying to do work and you feel brain fog and tired, you know? So I really think it's important that as entrepreneurs, we really do focus on our health. That needs to be a top priority because if your health's not in order, then you can't show up the way that you want to show up. Yeah, definitely. And did you, did you feel like your sleep was a big problem area before we started? No, no. I, I felt like I slept pretty good. And then now I sleep really good. (laughs) This is literally my favorite. I think my favorite part about the work I do is when people are like, my sleep is fine. Like I get enough sleep. And I, I was in that spot. I genuinely was like, it's great. Like I get eight hours, but when you actually start looking at the data that are coming off of like your Fitbit or your, your aura ring or whatever it is like that. And then you see where you can improve it. Like, it's almost like you don't know what you don't know. And you don't know how good you're supposed to feel and what the difference is between what we think is fine or good enough and what is optimized. Totally. Yes. Yeah. And do, yeah. Do you, okay. Here's the other thing I get. Do you feel, cause I have my opinion on this. Do you feel like you are missing out on your evening by going to bed at a consistent time or early? No, I feel like, why do people stay up late? I'm like, just go to bed and then you can feel better. My husband, he's a night owl. So I'm like, just go to bed, come, come to bed. <laughs> he's like, no, I'll stay up a couple more hours. So I'm like, yeah. I couldn't agree more. I really like, I found that like the time that I get back in the morning is actually so, it feels better. It's more productive. I love morning vibes. Me too. So for me, it's like a no brainer. Like I'll be in bed at eight 30 and I'm so happy to do that. I'm kind of like, I'm so excited to go to France next week. And also I'm like, all the restaurants don't open until seven 30. That means we won't eat until eight. That means we won't be home until like 11 because they take forever. That means my sleep is going to be crap. And so I'm just like mentally preparing myself. I'm like, yes, we get to be in France and want, want, but you'll be yeah. once. So we'll have fun. Yeah. Well, this is also to say too, that just because, you know, Rachel and I are going to sleep at eight 30 doesn't mean that that's like the perfect thing for everyone. It's just no. our chronotypes, meaning how our bodies are genetically geared, like our clocks in our bodies. This is optimal. So that is something that was probably established with like little practice, moving it a little earlier, a little earlier. Okay. This feels good. That's too early. But I definitely found that it was that, that adjustment for me of like, okay, this is my sweet spot. I just get better quality sleep when I sleep in this block of time versus if you even shifted an hour and a half, like it's amazing the quality difference. Huge difference. Yeah. For me, it's like eight 30 to nine 15. That's kind of my cutoff. And it's so it's, yeah, it's so worth it. The morning time. I love my morning time. Yeah. Quiet house. Like, oh, there's nothing better. Yeah. It is really nice, especially because we both have two kids. It's that time before the chaos starts. Hopefully most days. Gabrielle, I know when we were working together, she was still waking up in the middle of the night. I did the sleep training program. She, this girl sleeps like at least 12 hours at night. And then on the weekends, a two to three hour nap. Like it is amazing. I'm yeah. so like, cause I remember when we started, she was waking up like every 45 minutes and I was dying. And now I'm like, she sleeps. Life is good. Oh, I know. It's like, don't you know how good sleep is? <laughs> she knows. She knows. Yeah. She loves her bed now. Yeah. 
Oh my gosh. That's so good. So, so you have two kids. How, how, what did you do to make it easier to develop consistency with workouts or with eating well, or with, you know, getting to sleep on time? Because I mean, that can definitely pose as an obstacle for some people, but how did you either work with it or find solutions to help make it all easier? workouts, um, they're a little different now because of my rib injury, like I was telling you. Um, so I'm not really working out until, you know, it'll probably be several months until I can do that. Uh, but I go for walks in the morning. And so that's kind of my thing. So I leave at six 30 in the morning, just because if I don't leave that early, it gets way too hot here in Orlando and I'll be like dying. Uh, so get it done early. So have it like scheduled in your calendar, kind of like an appointment. Um, when I am able to work out, it's typically like drop kids off at school, then work out before the day really starts. So it's just a matter of having it set in stone, like on your calendar, like an appointment, um, that you're not going to miss. I think that's one of the most important things. And then when it comes to nutrition, just keep it simple, you know, like Mm -hmm. it doesn't need to be complicated. Um, I, just eat as natural as you can, like focus on just food that, you know, God made, not man-made. Um, and I, like, I am pretty boring with nutrition most of the time. Um, like I, I just figured out what works for me. So I'm like, my body loves eggs and like either oatmeal or Ezekiel English muffin. Um, and I just pay attention to how I feel. So like, if I notice like I'm breaking out, maybe I'm not supposed to eat that, you know? So it's like, I just pay attention to inflammation and how things make me feel. Um, Shakeology for lunch, just because it's easy and it takes me less than five minutes to make. Cause I don't have time to, cause I, I block my work time. So I work from usually 10 to three. And so I need to be able to get everything in at that time. So I don't have an hour long lunch most days. So it's more like Shakeology, drink it, go. Um, and then dinner is usually just like veggies and protein and some healthy fat. So it's just a matter of keep it simple. Like don't complicate your life. Yeah. I, I don't I follow hearing... like extensive meal plans or recipes or anything. No, 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 no. It's just like, know the basics of what your body needs and just keep it simple. Yeah. That's a theme I keep hearing coming up and everything you're saying is it's just as simple as it can be. And I think it's when we try to complicate it. Yeah. It gets to be too much. Like I really, it gets to be overwhelming. Yeah. Cause if it's overwhelming, you're not going to take action. Like it's with workouts. So like I teach this to my, my activate students of, you know, if you make something, if it's too big, you're going to feel overwhelmed and you're not going to do it. So if you tell yourself you're going to work for like four hours and you don't have four hours to work, you're going to be like, well, I might as well not do anything. So it's like, if you tell yourself you're going to work out for an hour, an hour feels really daunting and overwhelming, especially if you're first getting started. So then your brain is like, oh, it's too much. I'm just going to do nothing. But if you tell yourself, I'm just going to work out for five minutes, your brain's like five minutes. I could do five minutes, like I can get five minutes, but then you end up feeling good. And then you usually do like 20 or 30. So then you know? So I'm like, set the bar low and then you'll probably exceed your expectations. You <laughs> at least you stay consistent because consistency is like the superpower, right? Oh, totally. You know what the funny thing is uh, about setting the bar low? Like I am in complete agreements with you, but you know what? Coming back, like I'm seven weeks postpartum right now, coming back and only setting 20 minute workouts. My gosh, my brain is complaining. That's not enough. What's the point? Like, is that going, like, I can hear my brain telling me what's the point. It's not enough. Walking doesn't count at this stage. Right. Like, and I really have to negotiate with myself as well. Be like, no, like that's perfect. So it's like setting the bar low, but also when you set the bar low, don't let the thinking of like, that's not enough. Like, what's the point? Five minutes isn't going to do anything. Like, 
No, it does though. Like it'll like if you do a, a vigorous five minute workout, that'll totally change your state, you know. Yes. And like what I found is like I'm probably way less now not working out than when I was working out. Um, not that it's all about weight, but just in terms of like weight management. So I think people put a huge overemphasis on exercise is burning calories of like, you have to work out for an hour to burn X amount of calories. But what happens is you typically end up overeating to overcompensate for the workout. Mm -hmm. So it's like, just change it and work out to feel good and be strong. Not in terms of like, I'm going to work out to lose a bunch of weight. Cause I really don't think that's a huge part of it. <laughs> oh, you know what the fun thing is too? I had this conversation with a client just yesterday where I started getting into like the, well, what about the calories in and calories out? I was like, okay, let's just back up from that. Makes it sound all not very fun. And I get that there's merit to like all of that kind of stuff, but right. I think there's this whole other component of like, what's your blood sugar doing? What are your hormones doing? That will affect yes. like, I mean, you could be in a huge calorie deficit. You could be exercising a ton and barely eating. And we've all heard of the person that's like, I didn't lose any weight. Mm -hmm. So I often find it's like, it's about creating the habits and going back to your point about, you know, just starting small with those little five minute workouts. It's about creating the consistency. Yep. Even if you can just do five minutes consistent, it's going to be way better than doing one hour and a half hard workout every week. Right. And it's yeah. building on that. And that's what I've had to tell myself is I'm like, you know what? The point of working out right now is not to lose weight. It's just literally to get back into this habit. Cause it's been two months since I've moved. And this is yeah. what feels good right now where my body is. And I think we just have to give that grace in that. And that, totally. you know, what? five minutes is you just get out and go for a five minute walk once a day. Like that alone is going to be a huge step. If you find you're sedentary or like only yeah. hitting 1500 steps a day. Yeah, for sure. And I think just focus, like take the, the pressure off of being a certain size or losing weight and just focus on how can I feel good? You know? Yeah. And I think when you focus on, I'm going to do, I'm going to move to feel good and to feel strong, it just takes the pressure off. And then you're like, Oh, well, if I want to feel good and strong, I could, you know, do rollerblading or go dancing yeah. or the things that you actually enjoy instead of like, I'm going to torture myself on this device for an hour. Cause that's not oh. fun. Yeah, I agree. Back in 2017, I used to focus solely on weight loss coaching before I moved into, you know, optimizing our brains and our bodies. And I found that the success level of the clients I've worked with has gone up so much because you're not focused on like what we're moving away from in this preoccupation with weight and what I look like and my photos. And like, while that's all part could be part of your journey, when you're focused on what you're moving towards, like, okay, well, I'm really doing this because I want to be able to get stronger or I want to, you know, have a consistent routine where I have the energy I need or focus at my business. Like this is all moving towards something like that is so much more inspiring and it feels good. And I think it's where we get to drop the guilt and the shame out of it where I've, yes, cause it doesn't feel good looking at yourself in the mirror being like, this is awful. Like I want to move away from it. Cause I'm doing that right now with myself in this postpartum period is looking in the mirror and being like, this is so fun. Like I have this picture in my head. Oh, it, it was right before I got pregnant with my first daughter. And I'm like, I, I lean into that. Hmm. and very much focus on the strength that comes with that and the yeah. energy instead of where I want to move away from. And I find that gradually moving into where I am now, it's just such a different ball game. Yeah. It feels good. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Okay. Yeah. So last question I want to ask you, um, can you share with us some of the, like beyond, beyond keeping it simple, what are some of the fun biohacky things that people might be like, that is like super cool or that really helped to 
optimize? Like, are there supplements you take? Are there certain things you do, which some people might think are kooky? Like for me, that's my red lens glasses. Like, are there any biohacky things you're doing right now to optimize your I'm sure there's so many things. My husband always looks at me and like all the devices that I have. And he's like, what you do? A lot of them are like devices for the ribs or like pain management stuff. Well, I was just drinking mushroom tea. Um, so that's one thing, uh, but it tastes like hot chocolate. So that's one. Um, what do you take, fat, what do you take the mushroom tea for? It tastes like hot chocolate, but it's got like adaptogens and stuff in it. It's the Organifi chocolate gold. It's so good. And what do you find uh, that helps you with? I don't know if it helps me with anything, but I like the way it tastes like it. <laughs> It tastes like chocolate. There's the win. <laughs> it tastes like chocolate. It's supposed to be good for me. Um, ooh, biohacking things. Well, I've done some fasting. Um, I did a five-day water fast. Um, so that might be kind of a weird biohacking thing. Of um, What did that help with, did you think? Well, I'm kind of like, I'm super into just the body's process of healing. So it helped mm -hmm. like whenever my rib pain gets really bad, I'm like, I just need to kind of fast and reset and figure out like what's causing this or if anything is, or how can I just focus on healing? So I think mentally it just takes the, you don't think about food as much. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you just focus on healing. And then specifically, I think it takes the, the focus off of because I think we're so taught that we need to eat all the time of like mm -hmm. three meals, two snacks and all of that. So it's like, oh, I don't need to eat 24 seven and I didn't die. You know, it's like you can fast to heal your body and it, you actually feel good, you know? Yeah. So like, it was kind of shocking. My, my friend Susanna and I did it together and we're like, oh, like you can actually do this. Like, I think we were talking yesterday about it. it would have been really hard to do it on our own. So we're really happy. We had a buddy to like do it together. Um, but it was one of those things of you're constantly taught through the diet industry of like, you need to eat small meals often, but is that really true? Can you actually fast and heal your body? Um, so that's probably one of the weirder things that Any I Any books done. or resources you'd recommend on that? If someone listening is like- Dr. Mindy Peltz, um, so P-E-L-Z. She has a YouTube channel specifically about fasting for women because women need to fast differently than men do because of our hormones. Um, so if you want to do fasting, her and also Dr. Daniel Pompa. I also do like like biome gut health test and like other tests just to figure out like what's going on with my body. How can I optimize it? So different, mm -hmm. there's like so many at home tests that you can take now. Um, it's kind of weird to like put your poop in a little thing and send it off, but there's so much data that they can get from it to figure out like what's going on with your body. So those are some other weird things probably. <laughs> oh, I, I, I love it. There, see, there was some definitely. <laughs> There's definitely weird things yeah. that I do. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So what would you say to the entrepreneur who is just like, I just can't, I don't see how you can fit your health and your business together. What would you say to them? You don't want to be the richest person in the cemetery. Cause honestly, like if people that don't have their health, they could have all the money in the world and all they do is wish that they had their health back. So I think it's just so important that you prioritize it because if you don't, eventually it's going to get taken away from you. Yeah. And you can't run a business when you're sick. No, I learned that can't. this year when I got knocked out. <laughs> you can't like literally you can't. So you have to, you know, I've, I've worked, I I'm the, like the driven overachiever 
doer personality and I've worked myself to the ground and burnt out and got sick all the time. And you cannot run a business in that space. So you have to take care of yourself. I love that. I love that. And we're just going to, I'm going to do a shameless plug here. What would you say to someone who has thought about working with me specifically? Cause you've had that experience. We worked together yes. for six months. What would you say to someone who's on the fence or not sure, or they don't just, know if they just, need it? No, work with Tanessa, please. Like it's been like a year since more than a year since we were working together. And I still reference working with Tanessa because it was just such a fun and impactful experience. And, um, I just think you're, you're a beautiful human being. So I think everyone needs to step up their game and work with you. And I think you need to up your prices too. We can talk about that. So, I mean, <laughs> so get in now, get in now before, before I coach her. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my gosh. You're too sweet. Awesome. Well, I really appreciate you coming on today and sharing just how you've made it work in the evolutions of your business and the health things that you found have worked best and keeping it simple, but also some of the fun biohacking stuff that gets to be a little extra because yeah. I definitely think that running our business from a place of health is just, it feels good. You're not waiting for that next financial milestone to start. It's like, no, I want to feel this way the entire time I run my business. Totally. Yeah. Awesome. So if somebody listening is like, oh my gosh, I need to follow Rachel and find out what she teaches about. By the way, she teaches a lot of cool stuff on Pinterest. So if you've been like, I need to know more about Pinterest marketing, she's your girl. I've sent so many people her way that are like, I need, I, I want, I'm interested in learning about Pinterest. So where can we find you? And if we're interested in learning about that stuff about your business. So we have the She's Making an Impact podcast. We have over 350 episodes now, which is wild. Um, so definitely go subscribe. And then if you want to learn Pinterest, you can jump on my free Pinterest masterclass. If you go to freepinterestclass.com, I'll share with you my four-step process that'll teach you how we've generated over 30,000 leads for free with Pinterest, how some of our students have tripled their sales in 60 days. Um, so yeah, freepinterestclass.com. Yeah. All right. And, and on Instagram, you're just at, she's making an impact. She's right? making an impact everywhere. She's making an impact.com. We have the, she's making an impact Facebook group with 16,000 entrepreneurs in there. Um, so jump in and say, Hey, awesome. Well, everyone go follow her because she's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> so good. Well, I hope you guys have a great rest of your week. And I look forward to talking to you next week on the becoming limitless podcast. Learn something new in this episode or feel inspired to take action? I'd love for you to share it with a friend and leave a review. Your review will help one more entrepreneur feel healthier, more energized, and focused. If you feel good about helping a friend or a fellow business owner you've never even met, you are my kind of people. I'm excited to help you become limitless in the coming episodes.